This is Danusha Lamaris, and you're listening to the Hive Poetry Collective on KSQD Santa Cruz 90.7 FM. Here on the Hive, we try to bring you the latest and greatest in poetry news, and especially local poetry news, to give you an inside glimpse into who's writing in Santa Cruz, what they're writing, what they're thinking about, all of that. And today we're going to be talking with William Ward Butler, who is a writer and educator from Northern California. He also went to UCSC. His poems have appeared in Asaricus, Bodega Magazine, Hobart, and other journals. He works for the Young Writers Program in Santa Cruz and teaches Word Lab, a free after-school creative writing program for middle school and high school students. He's a poetry reader for the Adroit Journal and has received support from the Napa Valley Writers Conference, the Catamaran Writing Conference, and the Wellstone Center in the Redwoods. If you would like to know more about him, you can look him up online at williamwardbutler.com. Hope you enjoy. Hi, this is Danusha Lamaris, and I'm here with Dion O'Reilly. Hello. <laughs> Hello, my lovely co-host. And we are having a poetry chat with William Butler, otherwise known, a.k.a. Billy. Yeah, hello. Hi. Do you prefer Billy or William? Yeah, I in my normal life, I, I go by Billy, and that's what everyone knows me as. Um, when I publish, I usually have William Ward Butler, which is oh. my full my full name. Um, yeah, oh, okay. so so either or, really. Yeah. Very literary name. It's a very literary name yeah. because mm-hmm. who was it? I think William it was Butler Bill Yates. William Butler Yates. Right, exactly. But Billy Collins pointed out that poets right. used to always have to have three names. Okay, I yeah. heard him saying that recently. That was just standard issue. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> Alfred Lord Tennyson. Right, exactly. William Butler Yates. Yeah, definitely. Blues musicians, too. Oh, yeah. Blind Man Watkins. Something like that. Yeah. Wow. Something like that. <laughs> yeah. 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 So William Ward Butler is yeah. a really good, Wonderful. really good poet's name. Um, so thank you for joining us. Yeah, absolutely. I'm doing this today. Yeah, I'm excited. We love to just jump right in with a poem so people know what they're dealing with. Absolutely. I love it. Cool. Would you like to start yeah. us off with one? Yeah, I'm going to read um, this poem called Evening for, for my first poem. Evening. At the end of my block, a silhouetted couple shares a cigarette. Its orange tip glows like the street light outside my childhood home. Their closeness makes me think I will always be lonely. I used to be thrilled by possibility. Now I'm afraid of choice. Dear friends, Life is what you make it. That's what makes it terrifying. Whenever a bus passes, filled with people who won't know my name, I am glad to be anonymous. Tonight, 
When the animal that lives in my walls is quiet, I can't decide if it's a sign. The grass in the field hasn't been cleared since last summer. It brings together the vermin and birds of prey. When the mice look up to an owl descending upon them, why wouldn't they think it's the face of God? Hmm. Thank you. Yeah. I love that, um, the way in which the owl, right, it's either, you know, is it the benevolent God or the thing that's going to devour them? And are those the same thing? Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. Right? Uh, yeah, which is, I mean, God is in charge of death. Right. Yeah. They're sort of one and the same, the giver of life, the taker of life. Yeah, that... The owl god. This almost has, I know it's not, but it almost feels like a guzzle. Oh, thank you for saying that. That's Ooh. so cool. Is that something you thought about in writing the poem? or? Um, no, not really. Um, those are really hard to write. Yes. <laughs> Aren't they, though? Yeah. So um, yeah. That wasn't intentional. I want to just say for our listeners that, shall we define a guzzle? Yeah. It's yeah. a Persian form right. that uh, occurs in couplets that can stand on their own. And are we talking 12th century? Yeah, like way back. Right? Uh, I feel yeah. <laughs> we're throwing it back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm sure anyone can correct me if I've got the wrong uh, approximate era. But and it's around often then. about God. That's right. right. Oh, that's true. Often yeah. about God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's also a rhyme, sort yeah. a rhyme scheme that this I'm. This one, I didn't see the rhyme scheme. It was just the stanzas were kind of independent. The stanzas were kind of independent of of one another. Um, not all of them, and they kind of had a turn in each one. That's yeah. true. Mm-hmm. That would be another kind of um, feature, right, of a guzzle. Spelled G-H-A-Z-A-L, if anyone wants to look that up. It's after gazelle. Right. Because it leaps around. Because it leaps yeah. around, right. Yeah. So it's the, the word means gazelle. Which this one kind of does, but it still holds together. There, there are, there's some thematic link in a gazelle. Right. Yeah. And yeah. which this one, this is, it's about intimacy and loneliness. Mm. Yeah. And, uh, mm-hmm. and a, a larger connection. I love that you saw that, Dan. I hadn't had that thought. I love yeah. this one. Yeah. Wow. Really Thank you. Fun. Yeah, it's really it's really lovely. I also love the lines, Tonight, when the animal that lives in my walls is quiet, I decide yeah. it's a, if it's a I can't decide if it's a sign. Yeah. And, of course, I'm then thinking the kinds of animals that have moved into my walls. Right, exactly. Um, but it also yeah. holds metaphorically, of course. Right, like whatever yeah. Whatever is kind of... <laughs> disturbing me yeah the inner animal yeah Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right nice which might have be giving up giving up and being lonely right yeah it's gone silent well i see themes and we'll talk about those more as we go through some of the other poems yeah absolutely but um i guess i'm curious i'm curious about several things but i'm curious just you know to have a sense of, of lineage yeah. about where you're from that's so, yeah absolutely all, you know started for you and getting right. drawn to poetry yeah absolutely so um 
so I actually I told you this like one one time so briefly, but I grew up in Mill Valley, and I know you spent time That's in right. Mill Valley, Denisha. <laughs> it's, um, it was in the water. Yeah, right. <laughs> Absolutely, but um, yeah. So I grew up in Mill Valley, um, and I guess I really started writing poems and being interested in poetry um, in high school, mm-hmm. and I think my first sort of um, I had gotten poetry writing like assignments in class, like one-off things, and I kind of knew like, oh, like I, I enjoy this, but I didn't really realize I could do it outside of school necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. um, it took until high school to sort of um, realize like, oh, I can I can just do this, you know. <laughs> I could do this right. without an assignment. Yeah, I right. Like I'm just I can I'm just, make it happen. Yeah, I'm just allowed to to write a poem. So um, so what I wanted to do was to write a poem to get onto this slam poetry team that was forming um, at my high school because. Mm. Um, an English teacher, um, was doing a project where all the students had to be on a slam poetry team and then compete with other schools in the district. They had to do that? They had to. That was was a requirement? It was a requirement. Yeah. I know. I love that That's hardcore. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I, so I was a junior and it was a senior class who was doing that. And I like auditioned to, to do that. Cause I was like, this seems really fun. Like I want to, I want to be a part of that. So, so I did that. I wrote two two poems, and the, those were really the first sort of poems I wrote, um, like for myself, that weren't yeah. necessarily an assignment. Um, and uh, I I slammed them. I did a poetry <laughs> slam and competed with um, these other schools in the district um, with these team members who were um, a year older than I was, which is a big deal in high school. Oh my gosh! Uh, yeah. yeah, so it was a lot of fun, and. Um, you know, I, I did that. And that was really the first sort of uh, poetry thing um, I really I really think about. Um, and um, before I went to school at UCSC, um, so I guess what I'm saying, the next year um, at, at Tam High at yeah. Mill Valley, um, I started going to this organization called Youth Speaks in San Francisco. Huh. And they're a group that provides education, um, arts education, to students who are interested in writing poetry. And they use slam poetry as sort of this pedagogical method to um, instruct students on how to write, but also how to write about their own experiences. Oh, that's um, right. Yeah. So Does that still yeah. exist? You oh, speak? yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, it's an amazing um, organization. They do a lot of free programming in San Francisco and the Great. Bay Area. Um, mm. And I really... I really liked hanging out with them and I would go to meetings. I made um, a slam poetry club um, (laughs) at my school and I would go to Youth Speaks in San Francisco and just like learn how to run a club about slam poetry and how to do slam poetry events and um, kind of all that. And I really enjoyed Mm. it and really liked it. That's great. Yeah. It's funny how like we think of high school as a time to just get through right often but it really can be a time when you find your thing yeah absolutely when you get deeply inspired in that way so that's that's great that it happened that way for you yeah sounds like you had a teacher that made a difference yeah absolutely you want to give him a shout out yeah um i would say uh yeah great (laughs) absolutely big fan of that um miss carita deets um was my slam poetry advisor 
Um, big shout out to her for letting me operate a club, a slam poetry club <laughs> at so the great. school. Um, she was my advisor and I approached her kind of out of the blue. She was a new English teacher and I wanted an advisor to, to have this happen. So I was like, Hey, like, can you help me? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And she, um, she made a lot of that happen. Um, and a lot of the, um, slam poetry experiences that I had, um, really facilitated them. Um, so yeah, shout out her. her, her. Uh, Miss Karita Dietz. Yeah. Miss, go Miss Karita Dietz. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, but yeah, so another poetry thing that happened that was really cool was, um, I found out about this contest through Youth Speaks, um, and I submitted a video of myself doing a slam poem. Um, hmm. uh, my friend Kit like videoed it, and I sent it in. And um, it was a contest sponsored by the Kennedy Center in Washington D.C. Oh, interesting. Uh, yeah, and what they were doing was um, they were doing a 40th anniversary concert of Marvin Gaye performing "What's Going On" at the Kennedy Center. Um, he did oh my God. like I, actual right Marvin Gaye. Yeah. Just, okay. Right. Yeah. So, so yeah. So it was the 40th anniversary of him performing the album. Um, he did the whole album, um, as a performance at the Kennedy center one year after it came out and they were just doing a 40th anniversary of that performance. Um, okay. Oh, okay. right. He, well, yeah. I was like, right, okay, right, right. I was like, I know. Trying right. to do the yeah. 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 Like, yeah. Oh yeah. Doesn't he look so I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's no way. <laughs> Um, yeah, I know. Yeah. So, but still, right. But still, um, and they, and it was really cool and it caught my eye and they had, um, uh, John Legend was going to do Marvin Gaye's parts and they were going to bring in, um, Sharon Jones and the Dap Kings to sing, um, Marvin Gaye's duets that he had. And, um, yeah, it was, and the contest was, um, they were looking for student poets who, could write um, two themes on the album and who could perform a poem. What a great idea. Yeah. So I sent in that video and I got a call that I was selected to um, do the performance, that what? I was going to be a part of the concert and a part of these student poets, um, these high school poets who would go in and be a part of the performance and sort of be an interlude between um, the songs um, wow. on the on, in the concert. Um and it was amazing. <laughs> I wow. bet it was. That sounds yeah. incredible. I would yeah. have been so intimidated. Did yeah. you feel a little bit of that? Oh, yeah. Just, it was It was wild. It. Yeah, because, you know, they were like, yeah, so, hey, this is uh, the Kennedy Center. We're going to fly you out. Um, <laughs> you're in high school. Like... <laughs> Um, Could you bring a parent or a friend? Oh, I brought my mom. Brought my your mom. mom. Yeah, brought okay, my mom's mom. on board. Um, and it was funny because Mill Valley is such a small town, so it was right. sort of like a big deal. Like oh, people, everybody had oh, to have known. Everybody knew. Well, it was funny too because the front office at um, the high school, like, they called me before I went, and they're like, "Hey, like." I heard that you're going on this trip. Um, sounds really cool. Just so you know, you need to excuse the abs- absences and like you need to make sure it's like cleared and okay with your teachers. Oh my gosh. And I had, I, Bureaucracy. Right. I had already done it, but I was like, yeah, no, like a call. Yeah. I love that like they're minding your schedule. For right. You. Yeah. Yeah. It was, so it was very funny. Well. Yeah. That's um, hilarious. Yeah. They, they lose state funding if they're unexcused. Right. That's well, true. The yeah. teacher's perspective here. Yeah. Dan's keeping it real for us. <laughs> As a yeah. retired teacher, right. teacher. Yeah. she's yeah. keeping it real. Yeah, well, you. it's 
kind of cool just how what fame and fortune that poetry could bring right. a oh, young absolutely. person. Yes. You know, yes. A lot of prestige, a flight, fame, right. fortune. Absolutely. Out to perform with John yeah. Legend. Yes. So so it happened. It was incredible. It wow. was um, two nights and I performed a poem I wrote about um, the environment and mm-hmm. about um, environmental change mm-hmm. and um, looking back, it's um, I'm a little embarrassed, but <laughs> I'm so grateful to write, have written the poem and to have done it. Um, but, you know, um, so I did the poem and uh, I did the poem two nights to, you know, the packed, um, the Kennedy Center. And um, on the second night, people were like whispering um, about something that was going on and um, Michelle Obama was there and was in the audience and met us all after and introduced herself and um, that was incredible. So that was like kind of um, the coolest high school poetry experience to, that to anyone have yes, to has ever right. had yeah. in the history well, no of yeah. the right. poet. Yeah, no wonder you're true. a poet. Yeah. I mean, that was... He was living like a rock star. Right, that's yeah. true. He was yeah. living like a rock star yeah. because of poetry right. in high school. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my goodness. For people just tuning in, you are listening to The Hive on KSQD Santa Cruz 90.7 FM. And we are here with the poet William Ward Butler. And we'll be back in just a moment. If you'd like to know more about The Hive Poetry Collective, you can check us out on Facebook at The Hive Poetry Collective on KSQD, or you can take a look at our blog at hivepoetry.org, where we'll be posting upcoming events, classes, and where we also post the shows after they have been broadcast or links to them so that you can listen to the show while you're driving in your car or whatever else you might be doing. And if you'd like to contact us regarding booking a poet to come through Santa Cruz, or if you are a poet who has perhaps a book out and you'd like to give a reading in Santa Cruz, feel free to get in touch with us. And those are some ways to reach us. We look forward to hearing from you. Here we are again, and uh, Billy, I wonder if you'd read another poem for us. Yeah, absolutely. Um, this poem is, uh, it's about, um, well, I'll just read it. <laughs> um, this poem is called Afternoon at the Bigfoot Discovery Museum, and it's for my friends Nate, Grace, Mikey, and Hunter. Highway 9 was closed, so Hunter parked his car on the shoulder, and we all walked there. To Felton, the word half moon carved three times in the moss on the Jersey barrier. We laughed about the theories of the earth, how the world has been thought an egg or hollow or flat. When we got to the museum, there was a talk on the types of Bigfoot sightings mythical, paranormal, biological. Apparently, there's evidence all over the forests of the West Coast. Scat, hair, a tooth, anomalous screams. But every dark shadow in the woods is a Bigfoot nowadays, grumbles Mike, who owns the museum and knows it might go out of business soon. Mike, the Stanford graduate, 
who put his savings into this two-room museum, stands behind a counter answering questions 50 weeks out of the year. He's been here for 11 years and has been insulted, threatened, cursed, rocks and bottles thrown through his windows. It's five o'clock, and I am heartbroken at the Bigfoot Discovery Museum. This isn't the poem I thought I'd write. I don't disgrace Mike for his passion. I only wish I could believe the way he does. To have that kind of faith in anything would be a miracle no one would be able to disprove. <laughs> I like that, that no one would be able to disprove. Yeah. Right. <laughs> We're always trying to prove miracles. Right. Right. Yeah. Or sainthood. Right. Exactly. You cannot argue with someone's experience. Yeah. No. Belief or faith. Yeah. If, I mean, if they feel it, they feel it. Right. You, can't, you cannot. Yeah. You can't fight it. You can't say exactly. that's not true that you feel that way. <laughs> I think my favorite line in this poem is, out of many, it's five o'clock and I'm yeah. heartbroken at the Bigfoot Discovery yeah. Museum. Yeah. Yeah. I loved that too. Because I don't think those are words that have ever been put together before. <laughs> right. In human history. Yeah. yeah. It's almost like that would be a great Elvis song. Right. Yeah. Heartbroken at the big, heartbreak at the Bigfoot Museum. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> if he had lived longer, he may have written that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they somehow go together. Yeah. I agree. <laughs> Yeah, And I also love um, this listing of the different types of Bigfoot sightings. Mythical, yeah. paranormal, biological. When right. there's also been a listing or a classification of theories about the world. Yeah. Oh, Egg, that's true. Hollow, yeah. or, fla or flat, and yeah. then we have a listing of scat, hair, yeah. teeth. There's a lot of, like, it's like a little taxonomy. Yeah, that's I like true. how egg, <laughs> hollow, flat sounds with scat, hair. Scat oh, flat. Yeah. I don't know. There's something yeah. sonically fun about <laughs> right. this, too. Oh, that's true. It goes nicely with talk. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And just the sort of pathos of this. This guy who went to Stanford, he must have been a young right. man with many hopes and dreams yeah. on his shoulders, as right. well as of his own. Yeah. But then he created this Bigfoot Museum, and he has been ridiculed and also threatened. Yeah. Yeah. Which is interesting. Why? Right. Yeah. Because people don't like what? They don't like different theories of the shape of the earth. They put people in jail for that stuff. Right. So I guess yeah. if you're also promoting a Bigfoot. Right. Yeah, You'll people have think you're, you know, insane or whatever, and they, they're, they're, you know, distrustful, right? Of, like, you know, if you think of, like, right. yeah, if there's, like, something, you know, other people don't understand about you, then they're, like, you know, what they're is what is this trouble. thing that's important to you? Yeah. 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 It's bullying. Right, exactly. It's, it's, base, it's bullying 101. Yeah. Right? I was, yeah, one thing I was thinking about in reading the poems overall was this, uh, theme of difference and distance. Yeah. Right? So him being different in what he's believing causing this distance. Right. Yeah. And then I think that's in some of the other poems, too, in a way that I noticed. Is that something that you want to talk about? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, yeah. It's definitely <laughs> in the poems. Um, <laughs> yeah. I think um, it's almost like I... I saw that kind of before and I was almost like, oh, it's almost like a Jesus thing of like, 
being persecuted mm. for like your beliefs almost um mm. and like i'm not like a very religious person but right. i kind of was like oh okay like maybe that's like in there a little bit of sort of holding something you know to be true and sort of like suffering like a little bit for it um and sort of suffering for like your conviction um of yeah. of a thing that you hold dear um yeah mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting there, isn't it? It looks like the owner, too, is a little disgruntled that Bigfoot, the the concept of Bigfoot mm-hmm. that he admires so is being cheapened. Right, exactly. Cheapened somehow that yeah. everyone is seeing Bigfoot. Right, that it's diluted if, like, it's, you know, there's false sightings because it, you know... Um, like a makes, false sight, like, right. like Jesus like Jesus's face on right. toast. Right, yes, exactly, right? Like yeah, yeah. I thought that was real. <laughs> well, if you think that, that's, that's okay. That's no, that's, okay. Okay. that's a miracle yeah. that you can't yeah. disprove. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's right. Um, who are some poets that really influence your voice? Like yeah, Tony, absolutely. Tony Hoagland talks about voice being made up, sort of an amalgam right. of the voices yeah. of people that we've read. Or yeah, absolutely. Enjoyed. Yeah, I think. Um, uh frank o'hara definitely right yeah i think yeah and yeah yeah, for a while i was like very like pulling against frank o'hara because i was like oh like everyone likes frank (laughs) o'hara um but that's not a bad thing you know and and you know i think um i i usually have the i in a lot of my poems and um i think i am the speaker in a lot of my poems or i think Mm -hmm. versions of myself um are uh the speaker so I think, um, you know, Frank O'Hara's sort of daily, like, looking at the world um, <laughs> sort of poems and sort of that um, that sense of uh, perspective, too, of, like, looking at the world and seeing what maybe no one else can see um, mm-hmm. of things that are kind of apparent to everyone. Um, I definitely think about a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I think... Um, I don't know who else i i always get asked like you know like oh who are poets you like and then i'm like i've never read anything you know i, I know. just forget it's how right? to go blank when <laughs> yeah you exactly yeah. yeah it's so weird yeah. i guess maybe it's better sometimes to go mm-hmm. who's right on your bed right like, exactly what books yeah. are there right now yeah. if you can even remember that right yeah, yeah definitely well That's actually true. um ellen bass absolutely awesome. love yeah. ellen. local poet yeah. and beloved ellen right bass. yeah and her poems um i was passing around her um her books to my friends in college when we were taking poetry workshops at UCSC and um you know the sense of um the real local sense of her poems I think is really important to me and how she writes about um Westcliff and like Boulder Creek and you know all these like places and Mm -hmm. um I I love that she does that but also just you know all of her poems in general and also you know I lived um in uh in Santa Cruz before I lived in Santa Cruz Mountains and um, I used to uh, go to my boyfriend's house, and he lived in the Circle neighborhood. And uh, yeah. Ellen Bass has so many poems, like all around the Circle, circle neighborhood. Right. The Circle Market, the Circle Market poem blows me away. Yes. Yes. She has yeah. immortalized right. the Circle Market. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So I think that sort of really hyper local sense of like I know exactly where this thing is um, was really important to me because I also sort of thought in college like, oh, you know poetry happens elsewhere you know it's like new york or whatever i i need to move to like be a poet right yeah and i think a lot of ellen's poems are really like no like you can write poetry where you are and i think wherever you are can inform your poetry and poetry is everywhere and i think that's um what i think about a lot too um when i think about ellen's poems yeah 
I love that. It's realizing that it could be located wherever you are. Right, it's exactly. Here. And, you know, I was, one of my dreams is to have a kind of poetry map of yeah. Santa Cruz. Yeah. I don't know if it's a dream I'll be able to pull off or I can just, here, I'm throwing it out into the ethers, but that you would actually have maybe an app on your phone yeah. where you go to Westcliff and it can call up those right. Ellen Bass poems about Westcliff. Yeah. There's a beautiful uh, Gary Young poem, right? Yes, that happens absolutely. at the boardwalk. Yeah. Um, the poet Alicia Ostricker. I don't know yes, that she's ever yeah. lived here, but um, she has a dog, Beach? dog beach. Dog Beach. Yeah, called. yeah, that poem. I yeah. love that you know these. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. But yeah. there's, and of course, people like, um, I'm imagining Adrian Rich has Santa Cruz based right, po- yeah. poems and of course Joseph's Trout right, and Morton yeah, Marcus right, and yeah and I think that's something that's Maud been Mian and yeah been so cool is that there is a really outsized literary influence in Santa Cruz there um, is. and it is sort of like a small place but I think um you know the the poetic sort of lineage goes back many decades and mm-hmm. is um still active and alive and I think that's mm-hmm. really cool to see and to kind of yeah. um be a part of in in some small way yeah and the poets that's kind great. of feed on each other yeah. and, and improve each other and right. inspire each other lot the the, commu- the yeah. communication yeah and community of poetry here is yeah really strong yeah absolutely that's true it gives us kind of a ground to stand on i think i felt that way too get coming into poetry in my 20s yeah that you know i would look out in the audience reading at the muse and there was maud me and and she was about to get on stage or and i studied with ellen bass and those things made a difference yeah yeah Mm -hmm. absolutely yeah well ellen bass is like the gateway to poetry for people who are not really uh, like right. you can pass it out to your friends yes. and people go, wow, because she yes. just talks about mm. everyday things Yeah, um, that people would, it's not like poetry, like you think the poetry can only be on the East Coast about lofty matters, but it right. can be on the West Coast about being a lesbian, but still being interested in men, right. which is like something yeah. that right. she has, you know, yeah. like who wants to admit that? Yeah, right. I love, I love yeah. that poem. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know the yeah. terrible truth or something like that. It, yeah. The truth or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't forget the whole title, but yeah, yeah, that's yeah. true. We love Ellen. We love Ellen. I mm-hmm. thought you were going to say she was the gateway drug. So well, my she's mind a gateway, got stuck. She's a gateway yeah. drug to poetry. She's the gateway drug yeah. to poetry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that. So thank you for joining us. You are listening to the Hive Poetry Collective on KSQD Santa Cruz, 90.7 FM. And if you haven't already, Santa Cruzers, you might want to check out the Word Church, hosted by the legendary collective at the Ma Museum downtown at 705 Front Street. Word Church takes place on Monday nights. There is a requested donation of 2 to $10, a writing workshop that starts at 4, and at 5.30 to 8 p.m., there is a poetry slam, and it's super fun, and there's a lot of visiting guests who come through, and so again, you might want to check out Word Church at the Ma Monday Nights Slam starting at 5.30. Welcome back to the Hive Poetry Collective. This is Dion O'Reilly, and I'm here with Billy Butler and Danusha Lamaris, and we're talking about Billy's poetry and a little bit about his poetry life. And Billy, you were talking a little bit about your amazing experience in high school, 
And but then you went ahead and went to UCSC, yeah, correct? And yeah. did you major in English lit? Or? I did. Yeah. So I majored in literature at UCSC, um, and I minored in education. And within the literature major, um, I took creative writing uh, workshops, um, mostly with Gary Young and uh, with Ronaldo Wilson um, up there on campus. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Um, I love the range that is presented by just, you know, poetically right, yeah. by those two individuals. Oh, absolutely. Isn't well, that and great? that's what was so cool about it, that's too, really cool. is that, you know, my first kind of um, couple workshops were with Gary. Um, and he's widely known as a fantastic teacher and printmaker and mushroom know-it-all. Um, <laughs> An important and poet. Yeah. hat to wear. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, <laughs> and, you know, it was really cool to be in those workshops and to also just be in poetry workshops as an undergraduate because it is kind of similar to what you experience as you know like being in an mfa program kind of so um so it was a lot of attention really close attention on on poems and encouragement um to uh work on more poems which is amazing to have you know starting in like my second year uh at ucsc um and then working with ronaldo um, Wilson, uh, he is into so many um, poets and so many, um, he reads so widely. And he gave us um, a reader on uh, like the first day of class and it just had all these um, fantastic people, you know. And yeah. it is, it was really cool to have sort of, um, you know, workshop with both of them and to, to really just see how both of their minds um, work. And then also, to see, um, you know, what they are drawn to in poems and to sort of, um, you know, see what that is all about. So I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed my time in the um, creative writing uh, department there. Um, but um, but I also was, I was doing a lot of organizations too at UCSC. I was um, editing one of the literary magazines up there, uh, Chinquapin. Um and that was a lot of fun to really just get together with people who were interested in making a literary magazine and kind of just figuring it out as you went a little <laughs> bit. Um, and especially that's what I was doing my first year. I was like, how do we publicize a call for submissions? Like, how do we do InDesign? Like, how do we communicate with the, the printers, you know? And um, it was it was great. And then I think I was really proud of um, especially the magazine that came out um, the second year I was a part of it. And... I worked a lot on the, the InDesign, um, the laying out of the book and sort of mm-hmm. um, really talking with all the editors and making sure we had um, a lot of work that we really enjoyed and that we loved and that we wanted to share. And um, it was a really effortless um, kind of process working with Chinko Pen and, and the staff ever and so into their um, their different uh, disciplines of what they were doing. We published f- photography, so we had photo people who were really knowledgeable and we had poets and and you know fiction writers and um it was a really just kind of wonderful experience um to to work on a literary magazine um on campus that's so great and again that's what those things are intended to do right Right, to give you a taste of that yeah and what that life would be like yeah is are you still interested in editing or yeah a little bit that aspect of writing yeah i'm gonna be um a poetry reader for um the adroit journal um starting next month yeah that's so fun yeah i was i was a reader for them a little bit in college and then um i got really busy and i couldn't um be a reader anymore but um i'm gonna start back with them uh as of next month and i'm looking forward to it it's really fun to um to just have um poems to read and to kind of be on the other side of on the you know, other side right exactly yeah, it right? really changes yeah I find oh it, it's amazing how i write 
Yes, you know, absolutely. You know, like, oh, here's a pitfall that I see right. people falling into, yeah. or here's something that worked amazingly right. well. Yeah. How but, can yeah. I, you know, borrow from that? What do you yeah. think that readers look for? What did you look yeah. for? Oh. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Good I question. think um, I really looked for something I hadn't seen before, I think was a lot uh-huh. of times what I was looking for. Um, but I was also just looking for um, kind of uh, poems that really stood out, um, especially in the context of um, what somebody submitted. Um, I, like if they had eight poems, like what is the poem I'm most drawn to? Um, but then also in the context of everything else I had read, you know, Mm -hmm. um, the Adroit Journal gets like a lot of submissions. So you're, you're looking at a lot of poems and I think the challenge is how do you stand out, um, amongst a lot of submissions, you know? Um, and I think it wasn't really even one thing or another that I was, was drawn to. It was just sort of like, um, you know, what, what is interesting and what is, um, maybe new or maybe what is not new, but is done really well. And, you know, right. um, yeah. So Some I don't kind know. of novelty. I yeah. think the mind wants novelty. Yeah. yeah. When you're reading Doesn't for it? a long time, right. you just keep reading similar yeah. kinds of stuff. Exactly. When you get something different, right. it's a breath of fresh air. It Absolutely. Is. And that's a good reminder for us all, I think, as yeah. poets. Yeah. Before we're sending stuff out to go, am I am I doing something? Am I doing right. something a little different yeah. from what's generally done about yeah. this topic, or what am I adding to this conversation? Yeah, it's so great to be in a field where it's good to be weird. Yes, absolutely. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. right. It's good to be weird. Is that comforting? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think technically weird means magical. Right. So. Oh, I think okay. it does. Yeah. It's a comfort to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we'd love to hear another poem of yours. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think I already did Bigfoot. So I think I'm going to read this next poem, um, Reading Kavafi by Candlelight. Cool. All right. Reading Kavafi by Candlelight. The storm we've been fearing hit tonight. It brought down redwoods and power lines, and half a mile away, a transformer exploded sending up blue sparks bright as fallen stars. I'm glad to live with you here in these mountains, even though awful things have happened. When that car flipped and littered the road with glass, when the sky was filled with smoke all November, when you were so sick, the state of California called and I drove you to urgent care for intravenous fluids. Now, this storm threatens to flood our small apartment, and there's nothing to do but wait on the couch with you in the dark. This must be what straight couples think of when they're told, for better or worse. We haven't talked about marriage, but next month marks five years together, a length of time that once seemed impossible. Who am I without you in my life? The answer, like a burning wick. I love you with all my insufficient words. Thank you. Yeah. Love poem. I love poem. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. 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 It's good to brace the sentimentality of a love poem right. up against all this fear yeah. and terror. <laughs> Absolutely. That's so yeah. true, isn't it? Yeah. Right. Like, he couldn't get away with this yeah. without that. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And, of course, you know, it's the storm, but it's also 
this must be what straight couples think. It's braced yeah. against culture, right. nature, yeah. all of the different... Um, all the different aspects that give it tension. Yeah. You know? Definitely. R- really is. The storm we've been fearing hit tonight. That's a good line. Thank you. Yeah, it's a nice opening <laughs> it line, is, too. It yeah. Is. yeah. It's a nice opening line. And I also love, I'm glad to live with you here in these mountains, even though awful things have happened. Yeah. <laughs> right, that, those are two really, they're, they're yeah. both right? beginning lines of stanzas. They're yeah. like great transition yeah that's you. true it makes me this does make me think of ellen um and her poem uh, oh relax, relax. yeah relax. bad <laughs> things are, are going, going to happen, happen. Yeah. yeah absolutely <laughs> which is also a wonderful opening of a poem yeah, yeah. bad things are going to happen yeah. right this must be what straight couples think of when they're told for better or worse yeah this is the worst definitely right yeah IV exactly. fluids flood yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think everyone... Car flipped. Yeah. I think everyone who's been in a relationship, too, uh, understands that line, a length of time that once seemed impossible. Right. That's right. We just go, oh my gosh, it's been that long we've been together. Right. Yeah, when you pass the magic number where you go, oh, crap. Right. I guess we're in this. Yeah, right. It's like, oh, it's serious. This is serious. (laughs) Yeah. This is serious. Yeah. The title's kind of interesting. Yeah. I um I was so I'm I'm in this poem as the speaker and um I was really you know I was reading um Constantine Cavafy um you know when we were having awful storms mm. and um I really um I almost put like a, a a line of his or I guess like a part of his poem um and then I kind of decided I was like I don't really feel like I need to do that I guess um because I feel like um there was some some part of his poetry or sort of something that I thought that I was reading in his that sort of inspired this and I guess it was um he has a poem where he's saying that he put up a lot of barriers in his life and that um and this is a poem hidden things and i actually have it if if i could read it maybe oh that's sure nice. um, would yeah. you like to yeah yeah so um yeah oh and i brought copies too i'll, I'll pass it out so you You're can so read it. yeah absolutely <laughs> yeah um so that's where the title comes from is this poem hidden things and what i sort of saw in it was um a sense of uh not being able to live his true life when he was writing um, in the early 1900s. And he was living in Alexandria and he was um, from Greece originally. And he was also um, gay, but couldn't be gay openly a lot of times and had to go to certain parts of the city to kind of live his life. Um, And he sort of, he sort of knew this. And this is what I'm kind of, um, taking out of this poem, which is his poem "Hidden Things." Let's tell the listeners yeah. oh, the, name, the name of the yes, writer. Yes, absolutely. Again. Yeah, it's a uh, Constantine P. Kavafi. He you. was um, uh, a Greek writer who lived in Alexandria um, in the turn of the um, the twentieth century, nineteen hundreds. Yeah. Thank you. Um, Hidden Things by Constantine Kavafi. From what I said and from what I did, let them not try to find who I was. A barrier went up and altered my actions and my way of life. A barrier went up and prevented me so many times from speaking my mind. The least noticed of my actions, 
and the most veiled of my writings. From these alone, they'll feel as I have felt. But maybe it wouldn't be worth taking so much trouble and effort to know me. Later, in a more perfect world, anybody else made just like me will surely appear and will create freely. Wow. Yeah. Wow, that that ending, later in a more perfect world. Yeah. It's a sonnet. Right. Oh, thank you, yeah. Dion. Mm-hmm. You are just the, quick on the poetic yeah. form tracker. <laughs> Why? Yeah, wow. I love how she's on that today. And the final couplet kind of r- rhymes to me yeah. and freely. Me and freely. Anybody else made just like me will surely appear and will create freely. Yeah. It's almost an invocation or a prayer. Right. As yeah. well, isn't That's what it? I was really, um, you know, struck by. Yeah. Yeah. This is just such a good idea of writing about something without being explicit, which yeah. is kind of what it's about. Right. Exactly. Really. That's about ha- not being able to be explicit yeah. and hiding. Right. Right. And he's writing yeah. about it without naming. Well, actually, yeah. like that poem of Ellen's, Relax, Bad Things Are Going to Happen. Yeah. I mean, obviously something happened. And right. And she didn't say what it was exactly yeah. in the poem. True. Right. It's all about. Yeah. Um, Hypothetical bad things. Yeah. Well, yeah. How to respond when bad things happen. Yeah. It's almost like negative space you know yes yeah the unsaid right yeah yeah and he's living a a man who clearly had to live much of his life in the unsaid right and like you know you can tell like he's got secrets but he's sort of talking about it but also not you know and i love that and yeah and then also just the awareness too of like writing into the future i think really blew my mind um yes when he's saying and how right he was right absolutely yeah and i think um i really thought about that too um in the poem i was writing because it really is sort of um almost like a marriage poem um yeah epithalamium is that how you say it Dion, do you know? So. Okay. Epithelium? Is that a yeah, marriage poem? That's a marriage I think poem. Oh, I don't yes. know that one. I don't know that one. Um, but I, in my mind, that's that's like the, the term for like a marriage poem. And it very yeah. much is sort of like a contemplating marriage, but I'm also sort of taking into account it's like i don't know if uh i want to be married i don't know if right. my boyfriend wants to marry yet we but like talked about it. right exactly <laughs> but um but also just sort of um also knowing that like we can now and like that that could be a uh, possibility almost so yeah. it's really yeah. poignant when yeah. you look at it in conversation with yeah. his with poem this one. yeah and you think okay a hundred and uh, 10 years later. Right, exactly. Which is a long time and a short yeah, time. Yeah. Um, you're able to write this poem. Yeah, you know, it's absolutely. It's really, really poignant. Yeah. And yet we look at the world, of course, and go, oh, yeah. Long ways to go. You know, it's yeah. always both, and isn't it? Yeah. This is a really beautiful poem, this Hidden Things poem. I just love the language in it. Yeah. yeah. Such yeah. simple words. I mean, so ma- so many of the words are just one-syllable words, but it's just yeah, really powerful. Yeah. Well, thank you, listeners. You're listening to the Hive Poetry Collective. And we are here. This is Danusha Lamaris, I should say, current Santa Cruz Poet Laureate. And I am here with co-host Dion O'Reilly and our poet and guest today, William Butler Ward. Read us another poem yeah absolutely um i'm gonna read this poem uh titled april i ran a red light on my way to work i brewed three pots of coffee and no one thanked me 
I wrote a rude email to my supervisors when I got my paycheck with the raise missing. I wanted to make them think I'd quit, but I won't quit. Not yet. The weather's too nice, and on Saturdays I drive a van filled with photographs. That's not a metaphor, it's just amazing, is all. I'm growing out my hair and it looks awful. I have all these small cuts on my fingers. I thought I had forgotten how to write poetry and considered myself to be experiencing a deep silence, which terrified me. But what really terrifies me isn't how little I write or my own eventual death, but how one day the cricket that chirps incessantly outside my window will fall into a deep silence of its own, a silence more meaningful than mine could ever be. Thank you. Yeah. There's so many great lines in this. And I'm so curious what was the genesis of this poem, too. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Um, yeah, we talked a little bit about, um, you know, Frank O'Hara, the Frank O'Hara influence, and yes. I think it's definitely there. Um, and I think I'm really drawn to sort of uh, the daily life in poetry, uh, the quotidian. Yes, praise <laughs> um, the quotidian. I, I love it. You know, I yeah. love I love that. And I love just sort of the commonplace, um, almost boring things about life. And I feel like that's where it all is. And I, I think I was thinking a lot about that, and I was working at um, a photography lab um, at the time, and this was my job, or part of it was driving a van, and um, I think um, I was also really um, looking at what I was really grateful for <laughs> in, in life, um, <laughs> and also sort of knowing like what was maybe a little bit of a bummer too. Um, and sort of thinking about those two things. Um, and, um, and I was, you know, at the time, uh, sort of going through like, Oh, like what is a poem? How do I even write things? Like, am I a poet? Like, I don't know. And, you know, so, and that's in there too. So I think it was just, um, a lot of those different sort of thoughts. And, um, I think this sort of just, uh, weaves them together. Yeah. Those thoughts can really arise when you have to work a lot. Oh, absolutely. And, and, yeah. uh, and yeah. also write. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Very difficult. It's hard to, and I remember the poet, um, and, and friend of mine, Dorian Lux saying, that there's a period in her life where she thought poetry had left her. Right. Yeah. And abandoned her. And yeah. she realized with such a gratitude mm -hmm. that when she came back to it, it was still there. Yeah, absolutely. Right. And I think that's a, yeah, that is a common fear of writers, isn't right. it? We think it's oh, going to go especially away. Especially poets, you know? Because I, oh, like, I think like artists are never like, oh, I'm going to forget how to paint, you know? I think it's only poets who, like, finish a poem and then they're like, that's it. Like, I'm going to forget. <laughs> like, I know nothing now, you know? And I think that's it's... interesting. Yeah, I think it's almost... Because it feels like it comes from nowhere. Right, like, exactly. Where, sometimes... Yeah, yeah sometimes... and it can feel so, um, you know, like, where's the next poem going to come from? You know, mm -hmm. like, you don't know. <laughs> that's true. It's like a yeah. dandelion spore or yeah. something. It happened to land on you. Yeah. What if, yeah. Whereas a novelist right. that threw in that thing, and not that that's an easier task, right. but yeah. for you years and years and yeah. they don't think it's going to evaporate exactly i don't think yeah well and that's narrative too whereas often poetry is conceptual it's yeah. like am i gonna have another idea idea right, right. am yeah. i going to have another yeah. idea it's like having to come up with a new novel 
every time. Does the yeah. novelist think I'm going to come up with a hundred more novels? Right. In yeah. the next few years? No. Yeah. Okay. So well, that's this, what it but is. This poem is just like you can really see how a poem could just be a series of quotidian statements. Right. I ran yeah. a red light on my way to work. Yeah. I brewed three cups of coffee. <laughs> no one thanked me. So I wrote yeah. a rude email to my yeah. supervisors. Right. And then I'm growing out my hair. It looks awful. I have all my these favorite cuts on my fingers. Yeah. Just, you know, just regular stuff. Yeah. That's a fun paper assignment. stuck to my yeah. heel. Yeah. <laughs> you know, actually, just I like to throw this out sometimes because people who are listening are often writers or, or want to try writing a poem and that's actually a really fun template i mm. think is just to do uh each line is a sentence because pretty much that's how yeah it's mostly, these go, it mostly. Like, yeah. it's like a list poem. or it could yeah. go on for a couple lines but to have each statement uh, or phrase be kind of an ordinary thing yeah and then you start bleeding in some other stuff it's just the ordinary stuff until we get down to this part we just mentioned i thought i'd forgotten how to write poetry yeah and this terror of the silence is interesting too mm -hmm. it's as if the nature or existence will always be more powerful the things outside of you in in the world will always be more powerful than what you are experiencing right. in yeah. your own life right they're but, always going to be bigger even the cricket Mm -hmm. yeah. The deep silence. So their deep silence is more meaningful than yeah. your, your deep silence. Yeah, it makes me think of the Kavafi poem in the sense of here we have this couple under the sort of weight of the storm and the redwoods that could fall, and they see themselves. The writer sees them in relation to that. Yeah. Right. And yeah. so, in a way, even though this is next to something small and harmless, there's still that same perspective, I think, of being shadowed yeah. by the largeness of the natural world. And I, I imagine that that's influenced by where you live. You live yeah, absolutely. up in the mountains, are Oh, we, yeah, correct? absolutely. Yeah, extremely in the redwoods. Um, yeah. yeah, up in the Santa Cruz Mountains. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And do you see yourself as sort of, I know, because you came here for school. And, yeah. And so do you see yourself as a Santa Cruz person? Like, this is a place you'd want to yeah, remain? Um, or for, you know, I think for a long time. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know. I don't know forever. I've been here for seven years, you know, and, and I feel yeah. like I'm not um, I'm not itching to, to get out, you know. So I think that's a good sign. Right. Um, so, so I'm not sure. But, you know, I have really enjoyed, um, you know, all the time I've spent in Santa Cruz. And I hope to remain here for a little bit longer. Yeah. yeah. And there's something about the conversation I think we develop with wherever we are yeah absolutely it's kind of interesting it yeah. does change your work doesn't yeah. it do you find that oh yeah yeah mm. yeah you yeah you sort of you sort of get invested or committed to where you live yeah you know Definitely. especially i mean yeah. so many people think of poetry as being a solitary activity but right. you were talking about all this the community that you have built yeah absolutely uh, around the poetry and and um how that all the other people's work just flow into you because it's sort of hard to think about leaving when you yeah. built all that up. Yeah, definitely. What are some of your next projects, your next poetry yeah, projects? Yeah, um, I'm going to the Napa Valley Writers Conference um, at the end of this month. Great. Um, I'm really looking forward to it. Um, and that's for a week. 
Um, and then... And uh, who's teaching poetry yeah, there this summer? so many people. Um, oh, I'm going to be in Major Jackson's Poetry Workshop. Awesome. Um, Jane Hirschfield's going to be there. Um, oh. It's uh, Forrest Gander's going to be there. Oh, I um, just heard really good things about Yeah, him. his new book, um, Be With, that won the... Be Here, that won the Pulitzer. Um, uh, Lance Samantha Chang from the Iowa Writers Workshop. So many people. Oh, how fabulous. <laughs> I, yeah, how I'm looking fabulous. forward to it. I'm kind of like starstruck. Um, wow. Yeah, so I'm really... And do you apply... That's one of the things you apply and they read your manuscript. Right, exactly. Too, right? Just yeah. for people listening. Right, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. There yeah. are some really amazing long-standing ones on the West Coast, and definitely the Napa Valley Writers Conference is yeah. one, and the other is the Community of Writers yeah, at Squaw Valley. Yeah, I, I applied there, too, I and I got that's... a really nice email. Um, Great. I got, like, uh, waitlisted, basically. That's um, fabulous. And a really, um, really kind email, and I'm going to try again, and they kind of just Good. said that. Yeah, so that was cool, they too. They get so many people trying to get in there. Yeah. They do, yeah. so it's really a thing. And, and it's good to know, and yeah, again, for, for writers listening, if, if at first you don't succeed, right. and try, you know, again. try just yeah. try Do again, because yeah. this is the landscape of writing. Right, absolutely. It really is. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I'll be going to Napa, and then I'm going to be at the Wellstone Center um, in the Redwoods for a week um, for a writing residency. Um, and I'm looking forward to that. It's like back to back. So it'll be a really, um, hopefully wow. fun two weeks of, uh, poetry. Yeah. That sounds like so much fun. Yeah. A lot. So yeah. much fun and make friends. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. That's really great. Yeah. Well, while we've got you, since we're coming toward the end of our hour, would you read us, would you like to read us another poem? Yeah, absolutely. I'll read, um, this poem I have here. Um, this poem is called Carpentry. My dad tells me I should try to avoid a future where I am crawling under floorboards at 65. For all I know of his past, he could have been Jesus in the time before he met my mother, back when he sailed the Pacific and still talked to his brother, when he fought fires and found any reason to escape winters in New Hampshire. He thinks of this while splitting wood, sawdust resting on his hands Hmm. i like that last image sawdust resting on his hands makes me think of have you read edgar kuntz's new book tap out i have heard of it it's on my list i really want to i'm gonna read it soon so great yeah it's really great and it also has to do with a father who did physical work right in that kind yeah. of way who clearly had a son mm-hmm. who became a poet yeah it's about a lot more than that but the image on the cover is if right the hands painting of yeah, the hands I've it's an incredible it. yeah. cover yeah. but it just makes me think of that distance of father and son and different paths yeah definitely that is addressed here right this in this poem the father doesn't understand the son, and the son doesn't. Well, well, the the son doesn't understand the father. Doesn't, right. Um, the father's a real mystery. Right. Yeah. Well, it's been such a pleasure. Yeah. Getting to know a bit more about you. Yeah. And I'm sure we could go on. We could do a part deux. <laughs> more. But thank you so much for joining us on The Hive and sharing your poems and a bit about your journey as a poet. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. This this has been so wonderful. Oh, good. Thank you, Billy. Yeah, thank you. Slash William. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Till next time. Yeah, thank you.